Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, um, we've got uh, an anti-folk duo. Uh, they are called Tiny Hands. Uh, they consist of, um, yeah, uh, don't mind the banana. Uh, we've got Fred Kenyon here. We've got Cora Beckwith. Um, they are originally from Iowa, but they uh, moved to Milwaukee in the last, what was it, year? August last year. August of last year, and uh, they are um, prevalent performers um, in the uh, indie scene out here in Milwaukee. Uh, fun fact: Fred is the uh, booking, uh, the the booking at uh, Riverwest uh, Public House. So uh, holler at them if you need shows. Um, and their latest album is called uh, "Who Said You Could Touch My Dog," and it is available everywhere. Thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Hi. Yeah. Or stop eating this banana now. No, that's okay. You gotta. Yeah. You need your breakfast, right? <laughs> I look. I already had my breakfast. It was a cough drop. The co the the Ricola cough drop. Uh huh. So it was a really really good one. Mm -hmm. um, herbal. Well, we're gonna eat more breakfast. Um, <laughs> we uh, have uh, some room temperature hams in front of us. My mother would be so proud. Good. Good. <laughs> I I have a case in my house right now that is too big to fit in the fridge, so it's just kind of sitting on my floor, but. Fuck it, it's beer, so have at it. Jeez. <laughs> Are you not drinking? Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna stick to coffee. I have to go to work after this. Uh -huh. Oh, what's work for you? Uh, Captel. Mm. Phone captioning, yeah. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, <laughs> I, well, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to uh, go into that um, under the influence. Yeah. You gotta start captioning. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, your job, I feel like it allows, because like, you work actively at Public House, right? Um, I work there, I mostly am in charge of like, uh, booking and contacting people, so I go in and sit down and like have a workspace and do that. But I have another day job that I would absolutely never go to drunk. <laughs> yeah, true. Ever. Yeah. And, what, and what do you do there? Ooh. I'm a, um, I work in a school. Yeah, right, yeah. So no, we are we are sober for that job. Good, good, good. <laughs> but I don't know if I could do it captioning, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel that, well, that's fine. You can, you can stay over there with your coffee. So, um, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk about love and fear and just how it, um, comes into the form of inspiration, motivation, basically like explaining why you guys do what you do. Um, so, um, so we first met at FemFest, uh, shout out Riverwest FemFest. Um, I wrote a little uh, write up on you guys. Um, did I do a good job? Yeah. <laughs> I got the instrument wrong though. Uh, yeah, I think you build me as a ukulele player. And with... me as a guitar player. It's a little yeah. bit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, stringed instruments. Are right, yeah. The same, thing, same, fam right? same family, but mm -hmm. yeah, I got them wrong. Don't tell a guitarist that. I, yeah, yeah. I was um, sort of um, really, really intrigued by you guys because you just have such a uh, demeanor that is, um, you know, I guess unorthodox in the way like. Even from the way you introduced yourselves, which was, uh, we're gay and we hate cops. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and like with your, your lyricism and how like idiosyncratic and just sort of, um, just how it's about such things that are considered like taboo to talk about and stuff. Like you guys regularly write songs about that. Um, so I guess, 
don't know. I just really wanted to like, um, I, I wanted to like kind of understand your guys's like um, writing and and um, recording process and everything that comes with that. So, but before we do that, uh, we have to talk about I guess your guys' beginnings as musicians. So, Fred, we'll start with you. Oh no. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> so, um, I guess what kind of got you like. Um, interested in, you know, becoming a musician, where did that kind of become an outlet for you? I, um, I always wrote, uh, songs, like even as a little kid, would write songs. Um, I believe my first song was something about wanting a hug just one time. Something oh, like yeah. that. I don't know. My so mom thought it was the greatest had shit. An emo sensibility. Oh then. yes, yes. <laughs> wow, yeah. Always. Um, Is that one? Uh, you gonna record that one someday? <laughs> <laughs> I should. You should. Um, yeah, bonus track on the next album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, it's gonna be the fucking feature track. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Gonna hit single. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I sang in choir and musical theater for a long time. So a lot of my background and. Um, I don't want to say expertise, just, I'm not an expert in anything. But like my my where I flourish in music is vocals and singing, um, harmonizing. I write all the vocal harmonies for the albums. Um, as far as instrumental goes, I was very late on that because partially because I was very um, shy about my own writing and never wanted anyone to hear it. So I never bothered to learn to play an instrument. And, mm -hmm. Blah blah blah, yeah. but I um, picked up playing ukulele because it's easy and I have very small hands. And um, hence the, the name. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's yeah. where it comes from. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so and I picked that up, and that was um, a big part of how I supported myself and fed myself when I was traveling and experiencing homelessness. Sure. Um, and. As far as the lyricism goes, I learned that if I'm sitting on the sidewalk singing about eating ass, um, people are going to give me money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they like that. Even Perhaps even the family actually. man with yeah. the children that he rushes in his car and shuts the door but then comes back with a 20. Yeah, like, mm. yeah he's into it. It's cool. Mm. <laughs> so right. that's, that's my... It, turned, it definitely turns heads, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, so when was the first time, I know you said that, like, you know, you had like been playing like when you were on the street. Like, uh, when was like the first time you uh, like actually you know brought a song you wrote to perform in front of people? Um, actually, it's kind of a heartfelt story. Uh, one of my best friends for life, his name is Levi, and uh, side note, we're actually touring with him oh. next month. Cool. Um, really wonderful artist. Shout out Levi. Levi down not our, down at our <laughs> Levi down at our Denver, Colorado. Awesome. From Iowa City, Iowa, playing here in Milwaukee, July 30th yeah. at Quarters. Yeah. Oh, he's Quarters. Good. He's good. He's nice. good. Um, well, I was having um, one of my emo days, which is most days. Right. And I was out at his mom's house doing my emo thing which is most things. <laughs> um, and I had like confided in him that I was like writing a song about the emo things. And he got out his guitar and we wrote the song together. And then he's like, cool, well, I'm playing the set at this place on this day. And like at the end, come up and we're gonna sing this song. Wow. So that was the first time ever that I had sang my own 
anything I wrote in front Terrifying of Terrifying or no? Was it like pretty... Boring? I was so scared that somebody in the audience had to give me a dinosaur mask that I don't know why they have the dinosaur mask, <laughs> but they had to give it to me so I could put it on my face and no one could see me. Oh, man. So, yeah, I was scared. <laughs> well, shit. Now you're playing with, uh, the, with the fiery uh, orange hair and everything. Oh, my hair was so. purple back then, so, oh, sure. you know. Well, point being that you, you, you uh, play with, um, you know, embracing, like, uh, you know, what makes you you, and that's awesome. So, um... Cora, how about you? Where did you start playing music? Um, so I first started, I have to credit my parents with that. They uh, required me and my siblings to learn an instrument. So I started around the time I was 11. Um, and I always had a hipster sensibility even as a kid, so I wanted to play an instrument that nobody else yeah. played. Mm -hmm. And want to like do guitar lessons or something, because yeah. that was too mainstream. Sure. So I decided to uh, learn the mandolin oh, wow. okay. from an old Iowa pig farmer named Dave Lozier. Right. I'm sure they're all pig farmers. <laughs> Only like 80%. Yeah, the other, the other 20 is corn. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I first started learning how to play music there um, and it was a really it was a cool experience it was very focused on kind of like jamming playing with other people playing by ear I've never been really great at like reading music or theory I've picked up a little bit of that over the years but always stuck mainly with like a more play it by ear approach mm -hmm. um, so I was doing that for a while and then Sometime in middle school, me and some of my friends decided we were going to start a rock band. Okay. Um, middle, that's a middle school thing to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had to branch out a little bit instrumentally for that, and I started playing guitar and drums. And, uh, yeah. Was that, wasn't that the shirt you were wearing this morning? No, that was actually... <laughs> This was before that. Oh, okay. There were a number of high school bands. Um, sure. The first one was called Cat Milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we took ourselves very seriously <laughs> somehow. Um, but that was a really interesting learning experience too, just learning how to be on stage and write songs. Um, it's definitely a learning curve for writing wow. songs. Right, I'm glad right. that no recordings exist of some of my earlier attempts at mm -hmm. that. But yeah, and just been in a number of bands since then, and, and, and here we are doing that. Oh, speaking of uh, high school bands, I want to give a shout out to Negative Positive. They're a fucking great they're band really of. Um, they're like uh, fifth. 15, 16 year old girls um, that are, uh, they actually just played Public House like a couple weeks ago and they're fucking killing it. So, I mean, I, yeah, like I always remember like my friends, I never played in bands or anything, but I had a like bunch of close friends that really, really, really like wanted to be in a band and mm -hmm. took it super fucking seriously and they're like, 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 they're like uh, playing, you know, the the fests around our hometowns and shit like that. But that was like, you know, the only real gig there was to play and mm -hmm. stuff. But like when you first start around that age, just like when you first start playing music and become like, uh, um, when like you want to start a band or something with your friends, like something about that age is you get so overly zealous about it because it really like mm -hmm. because 
I think there's like one or two of my friends out of like probably like 10 of them that started playing guitar in like seventh grade. Only like one or two of them actually stuck with it. But power to them. I mean, I power to everyone who like starts playing music around that age and sticks with it because um, I mean, it's like, I imagine like it's easy to like get discouraged and be like, oh, no one wants to do this shit with me, but. That's um, actually something that I'm really grateful for. Um, we have had other people be a part of Tiny Hands and it has not gone super well. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I think I could name four so far. <laughs> and I, I see that with a lot of other bands and I see that with a lot of other musicians and a lot of solo artists I know where it they have a hard time finding people to play with them and people that they can trust. And I am super grateful for that, that I have Cora. And the way that uh, we started playing together was um, I had come back to Iowa. She was finishing up her degree. And I had come back to Iowa with all these like dirty ukulele songs I wrote. And she was recording them for me because she also does recordings and is really good at it. Um, and she's like, I'm gonna add a mandolin part to this one, and I think this one needs some percussion. And like, <laughs> you know, and she's just like talking about like what she's gonna yeah. do to all these songs. And I was like, cool. Um, we're in a band now, and we sometimes fight over the songs. <laughs> but our version of fighting is sitting next to each other, being really passive aggressive till about forty for about like forty minutes exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then one of us goes, fine. <laughs> and that's that's how we fight. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's about right. I guess, uh, well, at least at least you've condensed it into forty minutes, right? Mm -hmm. um, sure. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna um, I guess ask a little bit more about um, how you both really like came into contact with each other and really like saw a musical partner in one another. Well, <laughs> as far as how we first met, uh -huh. that was. Um, what was that, like four years ago in Iowa City. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember all of the details. I remember that there was a bottle of tequila. I was wearing a distinctive hat and we just ended up hanging out and at some point Fred was just like, who the fuck is that wearing this hat? <laughs> we had left the party yeah. and I may or may not have been crying in an alleyway. For mm -hmm. again, emo kid, Yeah, right. hipster with the hat. Yeah. And um, apparently she had been hanging out with me the whole night. <laughs> I didn't know this. And she's like, you know, she and like our two other friends are are standing there like, hey Fred, let's stop crying in the alleyway. Like, <laughs> let's let's go. Mm -hmm. And I look up and I see her and I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and she kind of just goes. <laughs> Yeah. And like, yeah, let's just love it for sight, you know. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is wholesome. That is some wholesome stuff. Sure. It was some good shit. So that's how you guys first met. Mm -hmm. First time playing music together. Like, well, like, 
um, was it just kind of like uh, we're friends and I see you play music, so like let's try to do something kind of thing? Or? She was in a really cool math rock band, which sounds Ooh, like cool. um, an oxymoron, but <laughs> it only is a little bit in this case. Um, sure. She was in a really cool math rock band, and I would go to her shows, and I came to her show from like my boss's wedding once, and I had those bubbles, and I was like on stage blowing bubbles at her, oh, wow, nice. and then the one of the people at the venue pulled me aside and said, don't ever do that again. Ooh, and I said, shit. why? What's wrong? And he goes, you're killing the punk rock vibe here. <laughs> and I was like, listen, my bubbles are very punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I would go to her show. She played in another band with uh, an ex of mine. So there was that. Oh, yeah. She also briefly played in a band with me. We had one show. <laughs> the sound was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. I so I don't. You weren't really playing a lot of shows then, but you were definitely like, you had songs that you had written. You would like play them sometimes, and I was just always very impressed with their lyricism and their songwriting. And like, I tended to at that point, especially when I was writing songs, I was very kind of like overthinking it and like going really abstract, weird, obscure with the yeah. lyrics and so I was just really impressed that Fred was like just being really just straightforward and like mm -hmm. and cra it was so much more compelling than like the kind of shit that I was writing at that point. I was sure. like, whoa. You, really I don't surprising. know about your early songs because like you won't play them for me. <laughs> but well I know about the one that I really like from the really really cool math rock band. It's like I don't want to talk about it. I can probably do oh, without yeah, it. That's yeah. a cool song. Mm -hmm. that, sounds, that already sounds catchy. Yeah, yeah it. it was good. It was mm -hmm. some good shit. Bring that, that, bring actually, that, back. that was an old... I repurposed that from Gorilla Fist of Industry, which is the band with the, the shirt I always wear. Mm -hmm. That was a high school band I was in for about two months before it split up. And so we made a bunch of these shirts with like some ridiculous like minimalist design that yeah. are bass player who it turns out is an asshole like was like oh look it's so cool it's like negative space man <laughs> but anyway i have like six of these shirts now so oh. I'll just wear them around. <laughs> um yeah also my dog was wearing that shirt for a while too oh, it's true your dog peed on a lot of those shirts yeah because he had surgery recently and we had to put shirts on to keep him from looking at stitches oh, wow. so he was he was repping gorilla industry gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like um playing in iowa um, I've only been driven through Iowa like a couple times on like some family vacations oh, yeah. when I was Did little. Did you like the corn? I, uh, the corn was great. Yeah. Um, it just goes for miles and miles and miles, you know? It sure does. It, when, it's something to count, that's for sure. I moved around a lot as a kid and I guess I just wasn't like observant back then, but like when I, cause I moved back to Iowa as a teenager and stayed for a while until I was about 24 and then I moved out of Iowa again and I remember like getting to the west coast and I was like, where's the corn? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Why is there no corn here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of it's just pot plants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really though, um, Iowa. So there's like three music scenes. Okay. And if something happens in one of those music scenes, everybody in the entire state knows about it. Valid. And everybody who's moved out of that state but still has connections in the state knows about it. So I, I get my weekly dose of, of Iowa drama. Sure. It's, sure. It's, there's not a lot of people in Iowa, you see. Our largest city is a metropolitan by 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. And if you like watch any news station, every time they're talking about the weather, they'll be like, and there's going to be a gust of wind coming into the metro today. <laughs> Shut up, Des Moines. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> 
The buildings are gonna are gonna shake from that gust of wind. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Well, so um, and you know you gotta love all the tornadoes out there and stuff like that too. Um, so I yeah I, I don't really know much uh, too many um, like uh, pop culture icons or artists that have come. Out. I know Elijah Wood is from Cedar Rapids. That's about all I know. But he is. He is. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well. John Wayne Gacy was born in Waterloo. Oh, wow. And John Wayne was born in some other town that I don't Winterset. know. Winterset. I was going to say Somerset. I was close. Um, <laughs> and Michelle Bachman used to brag about how she was from the same town as John Wayne, but she was confused because she's actually from Waterloo. Wow. That's so. the wrong John Wayne to be the same town from. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, least to brag about, yeah. Yeah. So what brought you guys to Milwaukee? I know you guys toured uh, here, through here a couple times before you decided to move. Our last show here before we moved here, we played under the bridge, which is just really cool. And you're talking the bridge that's the right over. The yeah. bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a fire. We were burning flags. I had a shirt with a flag on it, and I took it off and burnt it and played the rest of my set topless. topless. And then, um, I don't really know what happened next, but I know that like all of a sudden we're all topless. Yeah. And you started a trend. Yeah. And we took a picture and that's why, um, our tour kickoff this summer is called Tiny Hands Topless Family Reunion. Wow. Yes. Nice. But we are having it inside an establishment this time. Okay. The owner of the bar has informed us that we have to offer nipple tape. Sure. 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 So. Okay. There, there will be nipple tape, and if the cops come, he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's at Quarters, right? Yes. Quarters, yes. Shout out Quarters. I've only Hi, actually, Pete. I've only been there like one time, but we love you, um, Mothman Pete. <laughs> yeah, I work right across the fucking street, but I need to like actually go in there for more shows. But I'll be at your show that night. Um, so, um, yeah, and um, so you. I guess like what made you think like yeah I want to move to Milwaukee. Um, all the really cute gays. Right, like that sounds like a joke, but it's not true. Like it, like, it is true. Like mm -hmm. there's there's a really strong queer community here and a strong like anarchist community here and like we have both moved around. Ah, hold on. Yeah. Right, I'm back. We have both <laughs> <laughs> we have both moved around a lot and met a lot of people that weren't as cute or as gay and <laughs> they're just yeah and we were like this is where we want to be and like we grew up in Iowa so we're like it's cool we can handle the winter yeah right she was fine I got a little upset I was not fine <laughs> well so Cora you you were in California for a while uh yeah I was in LA for about a year right before moving here um that was a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and your song "Wisdom Tree," I remember um, we talked about it. Like that song is kind of um, sort of juxtaposes what people imagine like Southern California to be like in terms of like a liberal paradise, but right. it's it's plagued with a lot of social and domestic issues. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And you know, having only lived there a year and not growing up there, I don't think that I'm like the best commentator on the issues in Southern California, but it is very apparent just from being there a short time that it's a, a very nice, pleasant, liberal area if you have a lot of money. And sure. especially if you're white and you have a lot of money. That sounds like Bayview. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yes. Which we also it's lived like there for a short Bayview, time. Bayview, but yeah. just like a hundred <laughs> times bigger. Yeah. Not by choice, but um, that's sure. um, So, yeah. I, I would like to comment that that isn't 
uh, specific to California. I experienced a lot of that in the Pacific Northwest and actually like, yeah, Portland, being right. someone who was houseless and living under a bridge and a lot of people put these areas up on a pedestal because they're just like this like pinnacle of, of acceptance yeah. and, and forward thinking and it's like not not what I experienced mm. and like the gap between the haves and the haves nots or you know the upper class and poverty is so big it's yeah. huge absolutely mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. and like homelessness and living in a vehicle is not like it's just it's it's normal it's so normalized i feel like here if someone's like i live in a van it'd be like whoa what's wrong like can i help you do you need a place to yeah. shower there it's like everyone lives in a van yeah. where you're really rich. sure and it's like yeah, and in this case of Portland, like it's glamorized because of the show Portlandia, um, is a really and like it's glamorized as this this hipster uh, like uh, hub, if you will, that like everyone like all these young people want to move to. And I mean, I've I think I've been to Oregon. It's a beautiful state, but it's also like you've seen different sides of it than I have, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to shit all over Oregon, though I will sometimes. <laughs> um, it's just, I, when I moved here, and people say, oh, what's your story? Where have you lived? And I mentioned that, I mean, I've lived in six different states. Yeah. And I mentioned that I've been in Portland and Eugene, and they, the, the response I almost always get is, you lived in Portland and you moved here? And it's like, yeah, because here you need more than like a $75,000 a year income and like $6,000 up front and a perfect credit score yeah. and perfect references to get a fucking lease. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I'm only exaggerating a tiny, tiny bit. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, it, that's kind of like what's frustrating to me um, having experienced um, like just having to experience like poverty that in that way and like knowing that I was able to get out of it and there's so many people that aren't and then there's still like some dumbass in Milwaukee like whoa why would you come here from Portland yeah, like right I don't ever like you know I, I try never to like you know downplay why someone moved from where because at the end of the day like if you have a lived experience that you know, isn't what is that doesn't align what's align what's so glamorized by the media, which both of you have experienced. Then you can't really you can't say anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk a little bit about your guys' new album. Um, so your first album uh, had a bit of a uh, an obscene title. Um, can we say it? You can say it. You please do. I never knew taking a shit could be so sexual. <laughs> like, um, what? From that album to now, like with this new album you guys just put out, I guess like, you know, where do you find some like, you know, growth as yourselves, as musicians, how you guys have evolved as tiny hands, like I guess, you know, how, what are some departures you took? Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> so our first album mm -hmm. was a fucking shit show. <laughs> Um, it was, we recorded it in three different rooms, in three different houses, in three different states over the course of a year. And we had to go back and change things. Um, we mentioned earlier some bandmates that, like, we had problems yeah. with. Um, yeah, it was, there was constant changing. And the sound of it is 
very patchwork for that reason. Um, Cora did an amazing job with what we had, mm -hmm. but it's not great. And um, this album that we just released, it was all recorded in one room, mm -hmm. in one apartment, right. in yeah. one city, <laughs> over nice. the course of like three or four months. Sure. And we, we spaced it out because of um, a, a vocal cord injury that I had and I was recovering from, but we probably would have got it done in like a week if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, but we might have actually killed each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also, for this album, decided upon a theme. Okay. And we like themes. We like themes for our tours. We like themes for our albums. I like themes. Cora tolerates themes. <laughs> themes. <laughs> themes are themes are good. I mean, it gives you like, you know, it gives you like a back a back-minded idea of like, okay, I want to like do something like this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a it's our big gay country album. Yeah. Right. And part of where that theme came from is because there's a lot of songs and we strategically ordered them so when you're listening to it because there's a lot of songs earlier in the album that I wrote about my ex-husband and then like there's songs that I'm writing more about becoming queer or having like feelings for somebody who would not you know be seen as heterosexual feelings mm -hmm. um, and then more songs about coming out is genderqueer, as gay, um, and more songs, there's a song I wrote about my mom, I don't know, but um, we kind of have this progression in it where it just like gets gayer, and then like the second to last song is like very gay, it's sad, but it's very gay. Sure. Um, well, uh, gay in the sense that it's like about like trans rights and stuff, I yeah, guess. Sure. So it's queer, it's, it's, it's cool. but it's yeah. very heavily yeah. centered around like queer issues and trans issues, so. Yeah, so I think it definitely, as an album, and sort of saying, holds together more, is more than just kind of like a collection of the random songs that we had mm -hmm. written at the time, and yeah. has more of like an overarching narrative to it. Um, we're also, I think, able to do more with just the sound and the instrumentation of the album, since we weren't Kind of trying to like rush to get everything recorded in a weekend with like some rigged together setup in my bathroom in Los Angeles or whatever, mm -hmm. which did happen on the first album. Um, so we were able to actually take more time, try different arrangements, different instrumentation, see what yeah, works and what doesn't. On it too. Sure. Also, yeah, um, and just had. Uh, more opportunities to have like other featured artists and mm -hmm. friends of ours mm -hmm. help out. Can I do a shout out? Yeah. Okay, so on the album we have featured artist Deep Femme. Shout out Deep Femme. <laughs> Charlotte. Charlotte Hell! Charlotte is amazing. We also oh, have featured nice. artist Secondhand Twink. <laughs> Milo Gray. Mm. Very, very good. Um, they're also both playing Tiny Hands Topless Family Fuck Reunion yeah. July 30th yeah. at Quarters. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you uh, you uh, got me to that Deep Femme show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Charlotte is a very, very wonderful human being, and she's marvelous singer-songwriter. We love her. We do love we do love Deep Femme. Um, so that so um, in terms of like venues in Milwaukee, like are you guys picky? There are some venues we will not play, yes. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. For reasons I'm not going to get into. <laughs> I, you, yeah, we, we've talked a little bit about it, but I'm, like um, predominantly you like playing like the River West. Yeah, um, I, I have a 
very strong affinity for quarters and the person who runs it. Obviously, Public House. We love, love, love Public House. Um, we will most likely be playing there more now that we are um, you have part a, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a title. We also. Um, play. We host shows at our own house mm -hmm. sometimes too. And it's called Jesus Camp. Yes, Jesus, Jesus Camp. Camp. It's where we gave the prey away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so much. Which I believe there might be a show there next month. But this next yeah. month, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, okay. we're planning. I, I won't say specifics yet, but sure. Um, um, yeah. But we. Um, are DIY artists and we are very strongly connected to DIY type spaces. Granted a bar isn't technically a DIY space but the way that they go about it, Public House being a co-op run bar has that same mentality and like working together mm -hmm. and companionship yeah. and like sense of community. Um, so that's you know one thing that we really love about that space yeah. and yeah. yeah we're very um, and when we're booking shows from out of town, um, this is separate from my uh, affiliation with Public House. So no, no, nothing I'm saying sure. right here is um, attached to Public House. Sure. But when we are booking shows for Tidy Hands to play, um, we're we're definitely um, doing that with other DIY artists. Good, yeah. Because um, it's um, it's it's a community mm -hmm. that. We are very strongly rooted in yeah. in favor of. And artists can become very easily discouraged when they don't see when there isn't that um, influx of platforms to mm. allow them to play and allow them to actually, you know, realize their artistry and everything. So mm -hmm. that's great. I, we need more DIY spaces in the mm -hmm. city. Yes. Um, we have a couple, but we can always use more. Yes. Um, you guys are going on tour. Um, kicking off at quarters. So you have like a pretty fixed tour route is my understanding. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about like what it looks like. Well, let me bring up my spreadsheet. Please do. So we're starting in Milwaukee and then we're actually gonna play in the Quad Cities, um, which is an area in Iowa. And we're actually doing two shows in Madison and just oh. kind of panned out that way. I'm not sure how that's gonna work, but we're gonna fucking do it and it's gonna nice. be great. Um, Indianapolis, okay. Muncie, I don't know what Muncie yeah, is, but that is where we are going. That's in Indiana City where Ball State <laughs> University uh, is. Interrupt, can I throw me into the bathroom? Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. Yes. Well, where is that? Uh, right down the hall. Okay. Um, don't, oh, slide, slide, yep. slide, the slide. The same thing happened at Kebab Hub, Cora. Other, other way? <laughs> um, you can use either bathroom, it doesn't matter. Should I keep going? Keep going. Okay. Um, Iowa City, Des Moines, Kansas City, St. Louis, Fayetteville, Port Madison, South Dakota, Vermilion, South Dakota, mm -hmm. and then uh, we're gonna make our way out to Colorado because our two roommate lives in Colorado. So oh, cool. okay. um, we're gonna end in Denver. I noticed that uh, you didn't mention Chicago. Oh no, we're playing in Chicago. Oh, you are. We are. Yeah, no, we oh, are. It's sure. it's in there. I probably skipped over. So you 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 have like um so you're you're fixated on like the Midwest and um I guess and you've played a lot of these cities before, yeah. I know. <laughs> what I guess like um how would you describe like you know the love and the connection you get from like various other Midwest cities? Because a lot of people don't. A lot of people think about like those big metropolitan cities when they think about like oh like where are like 
where the where are the cities that we're gonna be we're gonna have like a foothold in where we're gonna be accepted and included. But you're playing a lot of cities that aren't that big. Um, I guess where do you find? How would you describe the love you guys get from that? Um, I think, I mean, sometimes we play like, it, it depends because like some shows are like really big. Um, I, here's a little story. This is literally the worst show I've ever played in my life. It was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I had lost my voice in the middle of my set. We did two or three songs and my voice went out. I played my mother. It was her fault. That woman is some sort of evil wizard. Sure. And she had come down to Arkansas the day before and made uh, margaritas that taste like juice, but we're like... So, I mean, it's really my fault, but I'm, I'm going to blame my mother until the day I die. Sure. Um, it's okay. She's an evil wizard, as I said. <laughs> um, and uh, my throat just crapped out. Now, to be fair, I also like am very seriously allergic to Arkansas. I had a doctor tell me that with the pollen and the mold and the stuff. Um, but we played like two or three songs and then we were like, oh, yeah, we're done, sorry. And then like afterwards, we had people coming up to us, that was so good, that was so amazing. And I was like, I saw y'all doing shots of gin in the parking lot, don't fucking lie to me. Yeah. But like, um, but like, is there is that kind of support and I definitely had people being like, hey, like, I know that the set didn't go the way that you wanted it to, but I like, I really appreciated your energy and like the songs that I did here. Mm -hmm. And like, I, you know, and like I had someone say, you know, like, it's awesome that you're like here and doing this though. And like, I hope you'll, you know, uh, they said like, just go gargle some salt water. You got this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, so that um, was simultaneously maybe the worst in the best show we ever played just from like the feedback that we got and like how people were supportive. And that's like one of the things I love about the DIY music community. Um, they have empathy. Yeah, like, that's, it's, that's it's genuine great. empathy. And it's, there's, um, I'm gonna do another shout out if please I may. Do, please My do. friend in Chicago, Davey Dynamite, has a song where they sing about, um, I think the lyrics are like friends, not fans. But like the whole song's just about like, this is a community, not uh, not like an uprising of fame. Mm -hmm. It's this is where we come together and share our art and support each other. And it's, it's good shit. Right, yeah. I. I think the best communities, um, creative communities, are the ones that put all egos aside and just be like, just genuinely like, see each artist or performer as someone that is a human being that is showing us, their friends, like whoever came out, what they can do. And sometimes it doesn't always work out as like what happened with your voice and everything. Um, shout out mom, you evil wizard. Um, <laughs> And, but, but like the thing is like, yeah, but the thing is the fact that they were so supportive and like still were like, they recognized like that, you know, you, you had a disadvantage that you still tried your best. Like it, that, just, that doesn't subtract from anything you're capable of as a creative. And that is, that that's like a real community right there and we we do see a lot of that in milwaukee like i've seen a lot of love and just compassion from artists that may not have like a lot of resources and may not have a lot of ins if you will but at but like you know if you have if you have dreams and if you're you know uh, uh if you're someone living in 
somewhere like River West to the east side and you're working like a low paying, like low wage job and you're just trying to do some music on the side because it helps you escape the realities of the world, fuck yeah, we're going to support you. Get booked at public house. <laughs> the realities of late stage capitalism. Yes, capitalism. Yes, exactly. Right, like, right. Um, I guess, what what are your expectations with this tour that um, you feel it might be, you know, a little different than you know previous paths you've traversed? Well, on this tour, we have a couple off days worked into it, so that like we don't lose our voices or yeah. go crazy. Um, and we we planned it so we have off days in towns where we have friends or family hang and stay. Cora! Cora is back. She went to the bathroom. She is and back. Then she got a pee. You got yeah. a downside of eating only coffee for breakfast. Oh. Oh, I know what that's. You like. should have had a cough drop like me. Yeah, I should have. I was <laughs> fucking up. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were talking about how you feel like this tour might be a little different than uh, previous paths traversed. Fred was. Uh, um, we planned ahead. We did. Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. one is is very planned. Um, it's also substantially longer than any tour we've done before. Yes. Um, Maybe not substantially. Our last our one last year was kind of long. It was like a week and a half, wasn't it? Yeah, it's true. But I mean, this one's like twice as long as that. Yeah, it's like a three week so long tour. Um, sure. We kind of um, have to definitely pace ourselves a little bit more and avoid burnout. Um, yeah. That's why we're taking off days. Yeah. Um, this is our fourth time touring, and every time it gets easier booking. Is you make more friends and you meet mm -hmm. more people. Uh, the first time we toured, booking was a shit show. Mm -hmm. It was rough. Yeah. We had booked one show in um, a, a city I will not name. Sure. Um, and literally, no, like they didn't book any locals. They didn't promote. They, yeah, nothing. Oh God, yeah, that one. Yeah. That was rough. Damn. Well. All right. Tiny hands. We got Fred, we got Cora. Um, well, great talk. Um, man, I'm feeling these hams right now. It's only like, by the way, it's only like 1 p.m. right now. So um, I haven't day drank in a while, but I'm feeling good. Um, I'm a very good influence on you. Yes, right Fred, Fred, is, Fred is, every time I've been out with Fred, they get me Drink you under smashed. Table. Yes. Drunk you under table. We went to that uh, Fire on Water show mm -hmm. last weekend. Oh yeah. I was so hungover the next day. Surly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, but that's also why I appreciate you because you you just fucking you go for it. Um so Fred, tell that's me what true. Fred, tell me what keeps you up at night. Oh. <laughs> Harold. <laughs> Harold. Harold, okay, I don't know I don't know who Harold is, but He's a vibrator. Oh. <laughs> Hey, nice. She's got 10 speed settings. Nice. Oh, shit. man, Harold is... I replaced the batteries in them the other day. It's Harold game is... Game-changing. Harold is versatile there. Shit. We like Harold. Well, Good. I like Harold. Good. Cora won't touch Harold. Cora, what keeps you up at night? Oh, God. I don't know. Netflix and existential dread. Ditto. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a common one. Um, but, Fred, what puts you to sleep? Also Harold. Harold yeah. Man, Harold's just taking good care of you. I, I really like Harold a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shout cool. out Harold. Shout out Harold. I miss when, you. Whenever Harold watches this. Uh, Cora, what puts you to sleep? Oh, God. I don't know. I'll, I'll 
let you know when I figure that out. Mm. <laughs> right now, I just don't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Night Thank coffee. you for being on the show. Yeah, it's Thank a hand. You for it was, it was going to be like a handshake. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Uh, be sure to check out Tiny Hands on um, uh, July 30th uh, at Quarters. It kicks off their tour. There'll be free nipple tape. There'll be nipple tape, and uh, people will not be wearing shirts. Um, also, just listen to their album, Who Said You Could Touch My Dog, which is streaming everywhere. Thank you for finally putting it on Spotify. Yeah, that's a, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.